podcast time. Group on group of friends. We'll talk about very distant lands. We met the man and names a woman. The fun will never end. It's podcast time. Welcome to Oh My Glob, an Adventure Time podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And here we are talking about Adventure Time from the very beginning all the way to the end. Oh yeah, we actually just discussed about how far it is to the end. We are, after today, we'll be up through episode 118. Yeah. And there are, I think, 280 something episodes total. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh. So we are almost halfway there. That's... Yep bonkers yeah about mm, probably like two months from now we'll be like at the halfway point of the whole series hot dog but that means years of content left for you guys to listen to (laughs) because it took us what three years to get up to this point (laughs) oh that's great Uh, (laughs) you can grow up with us grow up listening to us yes that's right (laughs) retire with us (laughs) how are you oh you give me oh there you go why are you changing the format, Matt? Yeah, Matt, the great Matt works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I'm swell. How are you? I'm also swell. It's been an amazing weekend. It has been an amazing weekend. We've had a great just time together. Yeah, we have. We started doing indoor rock climbing together. So let's back up a second. Back it up. <laughs> so we went to Arches National Park. We climbed all the things. And when we were talking to the uh, folks at the rock climbing gym, I was like, yeah, I have a 10-year-old niece anywhere she went. I had to, you know, climb right after her. And so we kind of bit this, you know, got the bug. And so we're like, we should do an intro to rock climbing class and see if we like this at an indoor gym. And Yeah, it turns out we love it. We really do. And Matt is amazing at it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. You're really but, good. Man, I got to like one day into doing it. You're working out these parts of your arms and hands that you never work out and it just feels so awful afterwards yeah my hand, i kept like dropping things afterwards because my hands were just like dead he's like i'm sorry i was like why i can't hold on to anything either oh, i kept dropping my phone yesterday when i was working i was like oh <laughs> how yep. are you oh <laughs> but today yeah very sore but it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun we also went, yeah sorry we went ahead. again today yeah and great. that was really cool we did yeah. a lot it was did awesome. a lot of walking today yeah it's been swell we took a trip to utah pretty recently uh and colorado. colorado yeah yep yeah so we've been busy we have and we're in the pool we play we pool, play now. pool now <laughs> we have all these hobbies all of a sudden like after quarantine's over yeah right it was great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah but i'm happy to be podcasting again yep at least we didn't take a three-month break this time that's true you're <laughs> welcome fans <laughs> Oh, we have some really good episodes that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Matt and I have had some really cool conversations, and so we're excited to to talk about them. Yeah, two episodes with surprisingly common themes, as you pointed out. Yeah. Love to talk about that when Mm -hmm. we get into the second episode. Yep. Sounds. Yep. I got this one speck in my glasses that it's driving me crazy. Why don't you clean them? I don't know. Like, I was like going gung ho to be comfortable while recording for once. I got like the microphone set up finally in a perfect position. Uh huh. Um, we got like the fluffy wall next to me. <laughs> uh-huh. I got a beverage in my hand. Yeah. I was like, okay, took all the, my allergy medicine. So I'm not like wheezing into the microphone. What and is? It's just this one speck in my glasses and it's like all I can see. That's really. I think it's because I sneezed. I sneezed in my mask today. Oh, that's awful. It was really gross. And then we had to grocery shop. Oh, that's. that's... <laughs> <laughs> that one time I had a runny nose while we were grocery shopping and I was wearing the mask. It goes it's all over my face. <laughs> There's nothing you could do. What does squeaky chair say about this? 
nodding its head. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Who else but Squeaky Chair? <laughs> oh, Squeaky Chair. Oh, Squeaky Chair. <sighs> okay. Well, should we get to the episode? I think we should do it. All right. Sounds good. Oh wait, we have something really important to say. I forgot what it is. We watched Sonic Two. Oh yeah, we just saw Sonic the Hedgehog Two. Yeah. Last night. Yes. Or was it two? No, it was two nights Friday ago. Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Recording on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I love the first one. Uh, yeah. So I think it was going to be hard for this one, to, for the second one to live up to. Mm-hmm. I think the first one just sold a, a dear place in my heart. Mm-hmm. And the second one's awesome because it has like all this fan service you could ask for in a Sonic movie. It's so good. But there's something about it just didn't click for me the way the first one did. True. And and I think that we will definitely have to watch it again. For sure. Like a month from now, we'll be like, it's the best movie ever. <laughs> so mark your calendars, folks. Yep. It's a, it's a two-view kind of movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're excited to to watch it again. And it's just, it had a lot of clever things in it. And I think that it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Knuckle steals the show. Oh, totes. Yep. Yeah. All right. So now we can get to it. Let's do it. All right. We have two episodes, The Great Birdman and Simon and Marcy. Oh, yeah. All right. So season five, episode 13, or overall number 117, The Great Birdman. <laughs> I am DB. <laughs> I'm already laughing thinking about this episode. I am DB. Ra- oh, my screen went off. IMDb rating of 7.6, directed by Nate Cash. Yeah. Written and, good job, Nate. Written and storyboarded by Echo Castera, Jesse Mahoynahan. (laughs) Original air date, March 4th, which is my sister's birthday. Not my sister's birthday. Psych, hers is on March 1st. But we had a neighbor that lived across the street from us, and her birthday was on March 4th. Oh, there we go. So happy birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> 2.58 million US like viewers. Said, good, uh, good job, um, Nate Cash. He's listening to the podcast. Like, fucking, I deserve that. <laughs> He's like, right on, brother. Right on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the title card is a picture of, I guess, Zergiog, uh, running through a desert with, um, Eyeballs in, in his hands. hands. Eyeballs in his hands. Yep, yep. I oh, that's the that wizard bigger. that stole the eyeballs. Oh. Yeah, the wizard that doesn't exist. Um, And in the background, you see, I assume, Zergyog. It must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, it's pretty cool. And there's birds over a mountain thing that I think alludes to what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and yeah. Rock. So this, this, this is kind of like a precursor to the episode. Yeah. Because we don't see this happen, but it's told to us by Zergyog. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, so the episode starts with Finn and Jake walking in the Badlands and sweating from the intense heat. Finn calls Princess Bubblegum using his hollow pendant. and She asks them how the mission is going, searching for the, quote, great bird man. Finn says that there's still no sign of him and asks why the bird man is so dangerous. PB replies that she needs them to find everything about him and report back to her. Finn says goodbye and throws the hollow pendant away. After that, they go in search for the Birdman. That's multiple times now. Finn has finished talking to PB through a hollow message and then throws the thing. Why does that keep happening? Why I don't does he always know. throw it? Does it self-destruct afterwards or something? I, I It's not Mission Impossible. Yeah. And how come she needs to know so much about this bird guy? I don't know. That never is resolved. And also she that. was in the ocean talking about the mermaids who are so lonely. Yeah. And she laughed at them for being lonely. What a jerk. Yeah. So after traveling so long in the intense heat, they soon become very tired and hallucinate when a bird creature comes to save them. The birds have, like, giant, like, 
blubbery noses. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. From, yeah. They, what do they look like? They, like manatees, maybe? Yeah, they're kind of like manatees with giant noses. Yeah. They don't look like birds. Nope. <laughs> the wings are the only bird-like thing about them. that and their, their feet. Yeah, that's true. So Finn wakes up after Zergyog gives him water. So Finn asks where he is, and Zergyog says that they are where him and his bird friends dwell. So Finn asks if he's the bird man, and Zergyog replies that uh, that's what they call him nowadays, but you may know me as Zergyog the Goblin King. <laughs> so he then states that uh, when he first met Finn and Jake, he was known as Zergyog the Goblin. Oh, there we go. Uh, Finn and Jake are shocked, and Zergyog says that when they met him, he was crazy for spanking goblin hams. Yeah. A.K.A. buns. A.K.A. butts. <laughs> So he was cruel. <laughs> A.K.A. Tushies. Tushies. <laughs> so he was cruel, selfish, and brutal. And then he says that everything changed when he was defeated by them. It's really interesting because I think that what what the writers did here is they really thought about, okay, if someone did not see that episode, how can we identify how significant this character is yeah. in, in past lore? And so I, I do appreciate how they just did some monologue there. Yeah, who expected this guy was going to be coming back as a major character in an episode? Yeah, no kidding. Because he was kind of like a small part of that one. Was he? You know, like, you know, he showed up at the beginning... Finn and Jake beat him, and then they became the kings of the castle, and then oh, he showed up again right. at like, the very end for a little bit. Yeah. So that's like all we ever saw of him up until now. Okay, that's fair. So Jake sarcastically says that when he put on his new shades, then everything is different. And he's wearing these like rad shades. They're like, yeah, anyway. He's really bedazzled. Totally. Zergiag replies that uh, his change was deep and explains that it it just wearing the shade hmm, explains that he is just wearing the shades because a wizard took his eyes after he miffed him off. Zergiog mm-hmm. then begins to wonder what the wizard did with his eyes. Finn and Jake see that the eyes are tangled in his beard and are confused as to why he's not noticing there. So like he has this really long down to his belly beard and they're just hanging out. Yeah, the beard, eyes are just sitting there and he's like, no, no, I get where they are. Wizard took them. Yep. Uh, Zergia said that was just the beginning of his change. He started meditating and doing yoga, and now he can see with his heart and smell with his soul. He's like, and Jake's like, you smell with your soul? He's like, no, I smell with my nose. <laughs> so Zergia, I've seen this episode too many times. <laughs> Matt was in heaven watching I this was. episode, I quoted folks. it along. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So Zergiog starts to call his bird, and Finn asks what he's doing. Zergiog continues calling his bird. It soars out of the sky fly, and flies to him. So he then tells Finn and Jake to climb on Taffy to go downstairs and eat. But Jake suddenly stops Finn and says that they're going to follow him down because Jake needs to stretch out. But really, they just want to dish about Zergiog. So he lets them do this. Um, and the former Goblin King and his loyal bird fly down the mountain. And uh, Finn uh, Finn's riding on Jake as they descend following Zergiog. And Jake's like in a like grocery bag kind of like shape. Yeah. Which I thought was really clever. It was clever. So Finn and Jake talk about how Zergiog is crazy about how he's... Uh, he has not noticed the eyeballs in his beard and about him uh, having evil intentions behind this this deep change. They're like, ah, oh, we just don't buy it. This guy was too evil before. Mm-hmm. And Finn's like, oh, I'm going to find out. The duo finally descends into a pit populated by Taffy's bird people. Zergiak appears and tells them how nice and cool the place is. Once he hears the babies, he proclaims it's num-num time, which is not shown. Um, and Finn and Jake find Zergiak dizzy after feeding the baby birds, but he replies that he'll just excuse himself. And it is implied that he is like nursing the birds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. 
Um, they do get their chance to investigate and eventually run into a cave filled with, quote, weapons. Jake finds that one of the, quote, weapons has a letter from the hospital on it, which makes Finn surprised. Yeah, the letter says, Dear Zergyog, thank you so much for your donation. The kidneys fit great. <laughs> so this does not make Finn and Jake content as to Zergyog being good. And they're like, oh, this is there's got to be something about this. So they go they go on to do more investigations. So they go like sneaking around and they bump into a bird. The bird gets surprised, flies up, bumps, bumps its head on a rock, falls, and the leg pins its leg, uh, the leg, the rock pins its leg to the ground. So Zergiog receives mental links from the bird, and he goes to rescue it after rolling off of his nest. So he unpins the bird, bird's leg by lifting the rock off, followed by casting a healing spell. Finn and Jake are shocked when the bird's injured leg changes into another leg that resembles Zergiog's. The bird recovers, and Zergiog manages to find the duo behind the bird. The former Goblin King explains that he does not use magic and instead manipulates the species with vibrational channels, <laughs> meaning that the injury had transferred to him. He shouts in pain and also proclaims that he loves his birds more than he loves himself. Aww. He proceeds to talk about dirt when Finn confronts him about his eyes still stuck in his beard. Jake stops his brother because he still has doubts about the change, but Finn disagrees yeah zergiog is with these birds like i am with our cats <laughs> like that... i love these cats more than i love myself um wait you know how to do meditation and heal them <laughs> yeah, yeah, if um <laughs> if princess is like it's caught or something i'll just transfer legs with her <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be crazy <laughs> so although the duo tells him the location of his eyes zergiog still cannot find them and thinks that finn and jake are joking with them they're like ah yeah play jokes on the blind guy so finn helps zergiog by bringing his hand to his eyes and his beard which makes zergiog surprised to find them so Finn explains that the reason that they couldn't tell him earlier is because they thought that he might still be evil. So Zergiog then asked the duo to help to help him get onto his uh, bird's back to be high in the clouds when he gains his eyesight back, which is really nice. He's like, I want to see like the reds and the yellows after they remove the eyes from his beard. Uh, all the birds accompany the trio to the sky uh, to restore his eyesight. Although Zergiog puts his eyes into the eye sockets, everything around him is still abstract. He sings, quote, real, real power. power. And after the song, Finn asks how Zergiak is, to which he replies that it is overwhelming and his mind is changed again to spanking goblins. But to the duo's relief, Zergiak leaves his past and thanks them for finding his eyes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, as soon as he gets the eyesight back, he's like, ah, feeling those evil urges. Kind of want to go yep. back to doing bad things. And like it played, yep. the song that he sings is really there's a lot of trippy imagery happening. Mm hmm. I loved it. I thought it was great. I actually really like the song. It's Good. really chaotic sounding. That's awesome. So uh, to the duo's curiosity, Zergiog questions them about oh, who's the current king of the Goblin Kingdom. And Jake's like, ah, oh, Whisper Dan. Zergiog's like, mm, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so to Finn and Jake's confusion, the birds fly to the Goblin Kingdom. He's like, oh, we're going to take a little detour. So the former Goblin King explains that uh, now he is now that he's wiser, maybe I can rule the kingdom again. And Finn's like, I think that's a terrible idea. Mm. He's like, yeah, well, too bad. So he becomes insane about spanking those who disagree about him ruling from the castle. And two goblin guards hear Zergiog's laugh and eventually see him with a flock of birds. So Zergiog transfers his injured leg to Jake's leg so he can have the ability to walk and stretch. Jake shouts in pain while Finn is still shocked about his decision. The flock leaves and 
depression of losing the blind old Zergiok and because he spanked one of their noses. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, he's like, this looks like a butt, and starts spanking it. Mm-hmm. Zergiog suddenly becomes hurt at the loss of his bird friends, which leads the duo scolding him and to him transferring back again his injured leg. Zergiog gives Finn his eyes and demands he bury them forever, for he will not need them again. Instead, Finn returns them to Zergiog's beard. <laughs> Zergiog leaves blind and injured, and Finn and Jake hope that he will find peace. So from the top of the castle, the two goblins watch Zergiog sink in the water in sadness, but eventually become happy, splashing in the water over like a two-second period. So there, uh, Zergiog finds a mermaid and exclaims that she is his girlfriend from now on, to the surprise of Finn and Jake. And that's where it ends. So, <laughs> great ending. <laughs> really? It's just oh like, oh, I guess I'm happy again. Gosh. So what do you think of this one? Um, You know, interesting. Uh, I think... Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I appreciated that they were displaying, like, all these changes that Zergiog went through. I thought being blind is really interesting and, and the choice they made. And it definitely shows, like, a couple things. Like, one, you can still be happy if you lose one of your senses. Like, yeah. Especially one that's significant, like eyesight. Mm-hmm. He was happier than ever after losing his eyesight. Absolutely. He made the best of the situation and he like made a family and was like part of them. And then also was just really fascinating about how he used like his abilities for good rather than evil. Like I just I just thought that was really neat. Yeah, me too. I think Zuryag is a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's also a really fun character to observe. He's just wacky. Why do you think that? Uh, well, one Great voice performance by whoever did it. I actually don't know who did his voice, but I really love the um, the character in the voice. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, talking like this. Yeah. And um, no, just like seeing what a monster he was in the first episode to seeing yeah. how like amazing of a person he became in this one. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like that struggle for him to, it's like his instinct is to do evil. Yeah. And he's really trying to fight that. Yeah. So I really like that dichotomy. Um, and yeah, this is a, an episode that you mentioned is partially about addiction. Yeah, I didn't know if you want to talk about this or the next one, but I just I thought that it was really interesting how you can see some similarities with like addiction, like you make a significant change in your life. He was forced to change. He had a wizard steal his eyes, right, and put him in his beard. And so he could have, you know, not found peace or contentment. And let himself, you know, die, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't. And and he found, you know, this new life that was filled with contentment and joy. And he found purpose in the healing and helping of others. But as soon as he had that, that peace back, and I, I guess it might be interesting to think about how, you know, he, you know, the gift of sight wasn't the addiction. It was the means to the you know doing the thing that was just unhealthy yeah he was addicted to power yeah yeah Yeah. and smacking bums smacking goblin hams yep so yeah i just really enjoy this one i really like his song it's for some insane reason like one of my favorite songs of the season really it's just really odd sounding you know 
Memories are one. It blows my mind. I it fills me with real power. <laughs> I love it. I don't, and it's like it's she like this zooming into his mouth over and over again. It's like really yeah. dizzying to watch. It's fascinating. I don't know. Uh, just this this episode just does. I, I can't even explain why I love this episode. I just do. Also. I, I think it's really fun. So there was a lot of love given to individuals who may ha, have no eyesight. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of those those quote weapons that Jake found were actually letters written in Braille. And yeah. it was really cool. It's like, oh, that's really weird. And and Jake's or uh, Finn says that. And then like Jake's like, no, it's just cool. You know, yeah. it's like. Like there's a lot of love given that way, and like, hey, like it's you're you can be capable. There's there's things that can be given uh, that we can still do, and you can still have a lot of meaning. And so, um, again, I think that was a really powerful lesson. And then also the piece about addiction is just like, you know, when you're addicted to something, it doesn't just because like you are feeling contented, you're feeling fine. We can we can tell ourselves, oh, then I can just go back to the thing that wasn't good or wasn't finding or helping me find the peace that I have and you know because you're doing so good and that's just the messaging we tell ourselves the lies that we tell ourselves that that just isn't accurate yeah yeah also I, I have to wonder like so when PB heard about this bird man um the person that she was that she was inquiring about like he's only doing positive things for his like yeah, I guess for this community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for the birds. So it's like, I wonder, I really wonder why she yes. wants like notes taken on this guy. Mm-hmm. If all he's doing is positive things. Right. I'm really curious too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder if like the writers had any ideas behind that. I'm also curious about maybe she just keeps tabs on like past rulers of things. Oh, yeah, know, yeah. Just to like, you know, keep a. Yeah, maybe she was under the suspicion that it was Zergiog already. Yeah, yeah. maybe. So maybe she was like, oh, this might be Zergiog. They should go check it out. Yeah. But in that case, I don't know why she wouldn't say straight up, like, it might be Zergiog. Right, know. right. Exactly. I don't know. I don't um, know. I also think about, like, so the boobs on the, the mermaid the at the very mermaid. end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my gosh. They were, like, ginormous. Why is it that that always happens in anim- animation shows? Like... I don't get it. It's so, it was like they're like right in the camera. I was like, you okay, couldn't well, not notice like, that. You're like, all right. Young, so heavy yeah, no kidding. Gosh, <laughs> it reminds me of the newest Zoolander where like her, like she used her, her breasts to get him like to float. Oh, I don't. Even, I barely remember the, the yeah. new Zoolander. Yeah. The okay, second well, one. It's yeah. Anyway, Matt, where's the snail? The snail is on rock. It's on a rock on the lower level of the uh, cave. You can see it as Zuryog is walking into the room and some birds are over to the left sitting in a nest. Yeah. Yeah. The snail is like down by like a vase or a vase. So um, if you go back to the title card and I, on the title card on the left hand side, there's like this like mm, like rock formation. And so that rock formation is where this bird community lives that Zergiog has been adopted into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the lowest level of that area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, this image reminds me, this cave reminds me of um one of the first levels in the game, uh, Castlevania 4. So that mm-hmm. makes me happy. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite okay. games of all time. That's awesome. Yeah. Also known as Super Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite line? My favorite line. Oh, also no fill face. Oh, no fill face. My, my favorite line is Shush Child by Jake. Yeah. What's yours? What my life. Finn? Yes. Yeah, I love that one. It was good. What my life. So good. 
give me an impression. Um, well, you know, I disagree. Uh, Zergiyav? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And mine is also Zergiyav. When you first met me, you knew me as Zergiog, the Goblin King. You're so good at the voice there. Thank you. That's so good. Wow. <laughs> His healing sound. Also, meditation has really restorative powers, and so does yoga. And so, you know what? Like, good for him for finding, like, that. I, I think, like, there's this, like, belief that meditation is only for crunchy people. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like, granola kind of, like. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, in a day's people, but it's really like a powerful thing that you can use to find contentment in your life. And so I appreciate that. He's like, yeah, I started doing these self care things and shocker. I feel good about myself. I feel okay. And da, 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 da. So broader messaging is on point on this, on this episode. And the same kind of, um, stereotype is given to people who do yoga. We've done yoga. We are not crunchy people. Not even a little. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I think it's it's just wicked cool. Yeah, it is wicked cool. As much as I am not a fan of, as we all know from listening to the last episode, I am not a fan of the smack and hams thing. I think it is repulsive. But this episode redeems him and says, hey, here's another layer of this person who he like didn't become like this i mean he 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 could have like raised an army of like bird folk you know he mm-hmm. could have like gone and gone on to like massacre but he didn't he he did all these really like amazing things self-healing and then went on to like save other people using this like vibrations or whatever and i just think that's so cool and that's what i like about this episode because it is like shows like this redeeming arc of him even though he goes back immediately to wanting to like uh, yeah as soon as he gets a taste of power kingdom. again yeah he's like yeah. yeah yeah but regardless he saw that he saw that he was going to be overtaken and he's like okay i don't like that version of myself take my eyes i want to go and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be be redeemed absolutely yeah yeah. You got really quiet. No, no, no. I'm just listening. What are your thoughts, Matthew? I think this episode is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I love all, all the things that you said. I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, we've dug more deeply into this episode than I ever have before. Like, yeah. it, I've always just been like, no, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I really enjoy this one. And now it's like having to think about it. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot to this episode. There is. I think also there's like something subconscious about like some of the level levels. Some of the, um, I'm thinking about video games a lot today. Some of the uh, episodes that I've loved over the years, mm-hmm. like some kind, some kind of subconscious thing about the actual uh, depth of the episodes that I never yeah. really thought about. Yeah. That we always end up finding. Yeah. So that yeah. makes sense. Well. Yeah. We have trivia. Cue the trivia song. Kick it. It's trivia time. So Jake. Uh, it's revealed that Jake had an ex before Lady Ranicorn who taught him how to read Braille. I wonder what species it was. Yeah. Curious. Maybe candy. Maybe. <laughs> what kind of candy would Jake date? Well. Based on Lady Ranicorn. Maybe like a Laffy Taffy? Yeah, I could see Laffy Taffy. Because Laffy Taffy is often like multiple colors. You think he ate her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she good. didn't see it coming. <laughs> So Jake stated that it has been a year since their first encounter with Zergiog, although the episode aired closer to about two years after The Silent King. This is probably because the episodes are produced one year before the air date. 
Oh. Yeah. Well, isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, when the Braille message is first shown, it actually says, Dear Zergiog, thank you for your donation. The kidneys fit great in Braille. Yeah. And Zergiog seems to have named his birds after flavors and or spices. The names include taffy, vanilla, chocolate, cinnamon, agave, nougat, cardamom, uh, cardamom, and stevia. I love it. Stevia. So this could be because um, as he couldn't see, his tasting abilities improved and became important to him. I just loved that. I thought it was so great. And when they were like flying away, he's like, Tabby, vanilla, chocolate, cardamom, cinnamon. It was just so precious. Mm -hmm. It was great. I loved it. I thought it was so great. You can tell how precious they all are to him. Yes. Sergiog's original claim as to how he lost his eyes was an angry wizard sold them. This is depicted in the title card. We knew that. All this time, I thought the title card was just a bad drawing of Zergiog. Really? <laughs> but it's a wizard. Oh, my goodness. And he's wearing that wizard cloak. You know mm-hmm. It's like that brownish red like cloak. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So Zergiog returns since he was first seen in the Silent King as the Ruth. Oh, yeah. Well, we knew that. That's barely trivia. <laughs> So the Jake suit is seen in the flashback of the Silent King in the long preview. Cool. Finn's hair has grown slightly longer since Little Dude. Nice continuity there. I love the continuity, guys. I yeah, love it. Me too. It brings me joy. I love seeing the the different lengths of Finn hair as it's growing back. Yeah. I don't remember if it ever gets caught off again or not. I don't know either. Finn throws the hollow pendant while Princess Bubblegum was talking just like he did in the other tarts. Coincidentally, both times in the Badlands. Oh, cool. Interesting. What are those supposed to be like a callback? The other thing in the Badlands is that there was a ship that they passed. Yeah. I don't remember that. Cool. (laughs) I was about to agree. I was like, wait, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was really fascinating. I was like, I need to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So fascinating. I'm going to see that image now. All right, Finn and Jake first see Xergiog when he obscures their vision of the sun in the other tarts. Finn's excuse from hiding the hollow pendant is that in his hat is that someone's eclipsing the sun. Interesting. By the oh, way, I so love the other tarts. Cool that episode's so great. Yeah, you remember so, that one? Yep. So the Goblin Kingdom is shown to have repaired all the damages caused by Flame Princess and hot to the touch. Oh, okay. I forgot that she even went to the Goblin Kingdom in that one. That's cool. Yeah. Do you want to hear what your prediction was for this episode based on its name? The Great Bird Man. Yes. You guessed Condor Man. There's a new hero in town, the Great Bird Man. He flies, shoots lasers out of his eyes. He lays eggs for gold, or eggs of gold. Feeling the competition, the duo races to hero faster than him. Okay. Oh, did I seriously forget to put the criteria again? Okay. Uh, I think Team No-No is trying to get in your head and be I, like... I, Forget about the criteria. My people have we spoken. won't stand for it. <laughs> we will stand together, Team, Team Rubric, No No. Team Rubric will not stand for I this. I will behavior. tell people about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as far as um, oh man, uh, what what I pitched this? I can't remember the order that it goes in. Oh I'm sorry. Gosh. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, let's find the notes. No, just forget it. Uh, Just tell me if it was good. Let's let tell Team me, No-No win this week. Tell me I look pretty and awesome in that. <laughs> you look pretty and awesome. Oh, thanks. Uh, that's only you put effort into the episode. Would I greenlight it as an exec at Adventure Time, Inc.? Yeah, that sounds great. Gondor Man. It's hilarious. Oh, go home. You're drunk. He shoots lasers out of his eyes. He lays eggs of gold. Yeah, that sounds great. I love it. Uh, how close was it to the episode? Are all the characters mentioned? 
technically, Zergiog goes by the Great Birdman. <laughs> so you could say yes, because that could still be Zergiog in that episode. We wouldn't know based on the description. He flies on the backs of birds. He doesn't shoot lasers, but he uses mind control. It's kind of like that, I guess. Uh, he doesn't lay eggs. No-No is, like, really pissed right now. They're like, look at him stretching like that. I know. Feeling competition. F! <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get F! <laughs> Team No-No forever! <laughs> I'll go back to the rubric next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, overall grade between the two, C. C minus. Oh, I'm always going to get a C. Prediction for the next episode. Uh, I didn't make one. You didn't because we watched episode this episode once before. We have. We yep. have. So no I, felt, need. I felt like I couldn't give an honest prediction. I could have done something tongue in cheek, but I just felt like it wasn't appropriate. That's right. Next. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so last thoughts on this episode. Um, I really enjoy it. I've always really had this weird love for this episode. Uh, again, I'm probably I'm sure it's part of just like the weird humor in it. But mm-hmm. now I have a deeper appreciation for it because of some of the deeper meaning. Hmm. Yeah. How about you? Um, again, I, I really think I like this episode. I I think. Yeah, I'm so I was surprised that you liked it. I thought yeah. you would find it obnoxious. Um, I, I found parts of it obnoxious, but not so much that I was like, I'm never watching this. I actually thought it was pretty decent. Hmm. Yeah. I also think it's quite decent. <laughs> All right, should we get to the next episode? Let's do it. I'm a rock climber bro now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw a couple of them at the rock climbing place today. All right, next episode, Simon and Marcy. Shocker, IMDb rating of 9.6. Oh, wow. That that might be the highest rating we've seen so far. It deserves that rating. It's great. It's It's, it's a really great episode. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Also, I have to say... Those of you who listen to this podcast and have listened all the way through, we just really appreciate you being part of our growth journey. And I don't mean to be like super like sentimental or anything, but like, you know, listening to past episodes, we're like, oh, we don't really know if we like Marceline or, oh, we don't really know if we like BMO. And it's like, or we say we don't like them. And then it's like, we watch these episodes and we grow and we like really come to appreciate these characters. And just thank you for sticking around because I think this, this episode for me really added layers to Marcy's character and to her Mm -hmm. personality. And so, and and we'll talk about this longer, but I just, thanks for sticking around because it's just, this just, I love this episode. I love the character of Marceline and I love her for the way that she loves Ice King. And I think not only did Marceline grow so much as a character, that that, that made me appreciate her more. It's also, she has one of the most heartwarming changes of any character in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Overall number 118, directed by Adam Muto, written in storyboard by Cole Sanchez and Rebecca Sugar. Sugar. Uh, original air date, March 25th, 2013. <sighs> it's, gonna, it's getting there again where we're going to maybe match the a recording date with the actual air date <laughs> of an episode. Uh, 2.6 million US viewers. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Usually, like, these big event episodes have, like, huge amounts of viewers, but that's, like, pretty average. Yeah. So the title card is an image of um, what's what's the name of Marceline's doll? Hambo? I don't know. Oh no, Marceline's doll in the snow, laying in the snow. Well, it's like a monkey. Yeah, bear. I can't remember her doll's name. We're gonna figure it out as we go up. Sure. 
The episode opens with Marceline, Finn, Jake, and the Ice King playing basketball at Marceline's house. Finn and Jake question Marceline as to why she invited Ice King. She then explains to them about her long history with the Ice King. The two request her to tell them about their past as the Ice King comes back from getting water agreeing. She begins telling a story about the two of them exactly 996 years ago. <laughs> to the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first thing that we noted when we were watching this episode was... How cool is it to see Ice King being invited to play basketball with these three? Yeah. Like, you would not have seen that, like, even just, like, one season ago. Totally. Yeah. It's oh, really I, cool. I love it. And when it comes to, like, the history of Ice King and Marcy, it's fascinating to me how the writers and the directors chose to say, this is a community this is a community event and we are going to bring people together to support Ice King in a way that he doesn't know he needs. Yeah. I mean, think about like the Christmas episode where they learn about his memories and like his slow deterioration. We learn this in other episodes where it's just like, like it just, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Great. You know, you remember the last one that showed a little bit of their story when mm-hmm. um they were writing a song together. Yes. I remember like, um, I don't know if it's a criticism of the episode. It's I don't think it's a criticism so much as it is. Oh, we saw this little glimpse, and I wish that was the whole episode. This is basically you're getting a whole episode. That's what I wanted from that first one. Sure. I I even after watching this, and and we can talk more about it later. But I still wanted more, and it just like we could have a whole series just about Simon and Marcy. Oh, one hundred percent. I would love that series. I think like some of the Adventure Time spinoff series ideas that I've seen. I think this is still something I'd rather see than a lot of other things. Mm, interesting. Yep, yep. So, uh, oh yeah, you're next. Oh yeah. So it starts with 47-year-old Simon and 7-year-old Marcy, a.k.a. Marceline, wandering through the empty ruins of human civilization destroyed in the Great Mushroom War, searching for food. At the edge of the forest, they find a mailbox, but there's only a dead rat inside. So Simon tries to keep Marcy's spirits up by joking around, remarking that the rat will be a cute new traveling partner. <laughs> So he discovers a VHS tape nearby on the ground, suggests that they watch it without a VCR or electricity. So he literally stares at the tape, then jokes that it was a boring movie. He's like, ah, the book was better. That was cute. Let's watch the tape so he looks at it. <laughs> <sighs> this episode. They then hear Russell from the woods. Simon then puts uh, his crown on. So he's carrying the crown um, like on his side. It's like tied to his belt. He puts it on to protect him and Marcy, even though Marcy is clearly afraid of what the crown does to him. Mm-hmm. Simon reassures her and says that he has to keep her safe. Once Simon puts the crown on his head, its magic makes Simon forget himself. Marcy begs Simon to take off the crown. It turns out that the rustle is caused by a deer in the bush, but Simon has no control over himself as he blasts the deer with ice anyhow. So I think the really heartbreaking part is while you're watching this, you know that he's going to get too far gone at some point because he becomes the Ice King. Yeah. So you're watching this and you're like, really, like, even though you know it's going to happen, you're still rooting for him to not put the crown on when he's with little Marcy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, oh, man. So he mistakenly calls Marcy Gunter and uh, tells her to play in the snow as he generates snowflakes to cover her. When Simon is using his freezing power on the deer, Marcy throws a snowball to knock Simon's crown off. It takes a little while for the effects from the crown to wear off, and this worries Marcy. So it's like each time that he wears the crown, it takes more of a toll on him. Mm-hmm. So she then makes Simon promise never to put it on again. So Marcy does not know what the animal is, and Simon explains to her that it explains to her that it's a deer. So Marcy wonders that if the deer was alive in the woods, maybe other things have survived the war out there as well. 
Her comment underscores just how empty the wasteland is, with the pair not even knowing if other beings are alive despite months of wandering in the ruins. Simon pauses and ponders on the question, but honestly does not know. At the end of the day, Simon sets up camp for the two of them. The deer he froze in ice has solved their food problem for the moment, and Simon cooks it over their campfire. He tries to make her laugh by acting out an episode of Cheers, which for those of you who may not know what Cheers is, it's a sitcom kind of based TV show that Mm -hmm. centers around a bar, which is Cheers. Um, And he sings the the theme song of Cheers, which is amazing. Amazing. And he so he acts out this episode of Cheers for her through a broken television. Marcy then taps an old soda can that says mute and Simon mouths the words as if he was actually muted. Marceline has a good laugh, um, but then begins to cough, making Simon realize that she has a low fever. Yep. So he tells her to sleep to to preserve her. uh, He tells her to sleep to preserve her strength. Uh, Simon decides that Marcy needs chicken soup and remembers that he saw a supery shop in town that they recently passed. Not wanting Marcy to walk all the way, he finds an abandoned motorcycle, but loses control when he tries to ride it. Like instantly, it just like goes flying away into a building and uh, they bail out before it crashes into a wall and explodes. So still not wanting Marcy to walk all the way, Simon has Marcy ride in a wheelchair that he pushes all the way into town. So he scats things along the way to cheer up Marcy. Since the door to the soup shop was locked, Simon breaks a window to get into the soup shop, though he tells Marcy that vandalism is wrong. The shelves of the soup shop are all empty except for some soup-themed novelty gift cards. Just then, Marcy looks in the security mirror at the end of the aisle and notices something, shambling along in the next aisle. Simon peers over the shelves and is shocked to see some sort of weird mutant slime creature. Alerted to their presence, it advances towards them, but Simon knocks the creature out by smashing its face with the crown. Then they flee. So I was I was wondering when we saw this creature that has like the green ooze coming out of its mouth. Mm-hmm. In one of the episodes where like, you know, they have like the zombie infestation happening in the Candy Kingdom. Yeah. The inhabitants end up looking something like this. So I wonder if this is like an early form of like the people of like ooh and like other parts of like the magical version of yeah. Earth. Like I wonder if this is like an early primordial version of like a candy person or it something. It must have because later we see something that looks like the material that PB is made out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Offering Absolutely. support and help. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like the helping figure is this thing that's made up of the same material that PB is. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So later Simon and Marcy quest deeper into the abandoned city by walking through a large concrete uh, storm drain. Marcy seems worse, but Simon notices a food truck abandoned on a broken bridge that passes over the storm drain up ahead. They climb up, only to see that a clam truck called the Clambulance is there. <laughs> so a frustrated Simon asks Marcy to cover ears as he curses and kicks the truck. And his cursing is just saying, mother, 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 over and over yep. again. So suddenly slime creatures emerge from inside. Simon then pushes the truck off the bridge while the, sl- while the slime creatures are in it. But the truck's siren starts going off and uh, it crashes to the ground. This attracts a horde of slime creatures who chase Simon and Marcy to a dead end in an alleyway. Simon is forced to put on his crown and tries to stay normal by singing Gary Portney's Where Everybody Knows Your Name, which is the theme to Cheers, repeatedly. And after knocking all of the creatures out, takes the crown off. However, this time, most of the effects of the crown do not go away. So his beard is the only thing that shrinks back to its normal length. So the chicken soup and a can opener then fall from a pink substance clinging to the side of the building, which we mentioned before, this pink stuff. 
So upon closer inspection, it appears to have a face which smiles at Simon. He then uses the soup to cure Marcy. Uh, Marcy tells Simon that she loves him and hugs him. And Simon says back, I love you, Gunter, which is oh, heartbreaking. It hurts my innies. Oh, <laughs> now it's yours. So the episode Never. then goes back to the present day. Uh, Marceline finishes the story by saying that she gets better and uh, she and Simon live happily ever after. He then tells her to keep telling those chump stories while he scores more baskets, proving he has no recollection of the events himself. The episode ends with Marcy, Finn, and Jake smiling at IK, being happy. What do you think of this one? I have been waiting for this episode forever. Me too. I love this one so much. It was so good. I just, I love the affection between Simon and Marcy. I love the... <sighs> all the all the things. I just really, really like this episode. Do you think Ice King's goofy personality comes from the fact that he was trying desperately at like his last moments of being sane to be goofy for Marceline to keep her happy? Ooh, that's a really interesting. I never thought about that till just now. That's a really interesting thing because he does. He is really silly. Yeah. So maybe that's part of Simon manifesting through Ice King. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a really in, that's really insightful, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. So what are your first thoughts on this one? Uh, I cried in this episode. I think there's a lot of just different pieces to this episode that just is it like it has nothing to do with Finn and Jake. And Marcy is allowing herself to be vulnerable and let them in. Yep. And learn about her and learn about her stuff and about Ice King. And it just... It just adds a whole nother layer of understanding about Ice King, about her. And it, it as as many things it, it clears up, it also services tons of questions. Yep. You know, and I just I just I just think it's really interesting how we're given bits and pieces of the story, you know, to say, hey, this is a thing that happened. This is what is going on. And also think about how old Ice King is, too. Yeah. So that was, what'd you say? Uh, how many? 996. Yeah, 996. So, and he was 47. Yeah, so he's over a thousand years old. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes you like, well, like oh, all that time and memory. But like his memory is terrible. We know that. Like, so it's yeah. like, it probably doesn't even feel like it's been that long to him. No, no, not even yeah. at all. Um, There's little things that I thought were funny. And they're going to ride the motorcycle. Basically, she had a hubcap on her head tied to her for the helmet. Mm-hmm. That was funny. The the vandalism's wrong, okay? Like Simon recognizing that he needs to be a good example for, for Marcy. Even though there's no civilization it, left. Exactly. Um, he's just so affectionate with her. He's He has care for her like she was his own child. Yep. Like, I just find that fascinating. I do have questions about like young Marceline, though, because it looks like she's a vampire already mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so I wonder, like, why Soup was able to help her and not, like, just the color red. Right, right. I, like, I do have questions about that. Like, I'm sure there's an answer for it. So if somebody knows, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our listeners have been really good with, like, if we've had questions, like, uh, the rules of, like, why Wizardry stopped working for Finn and Jake. And somebody told us it was because of the cloaks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So you guys have been awesome with that. So please let me know, like, why... Young Marceline can eat soup and feel better. Um, I think it's really interesting. You you know, like the Gunter piece, like thank you, you know, Gunter, like Gunter is not the penguin, although Gunter is the penguin, but also Gunter's part of the manifestation of illness. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So again, we deal with um addiction. Yeah. Addiction to wearing the crown. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually it just takes you over. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like so addiction. fascinating. Yeah. Yep. Um, I thought the, both of these episodes really, I think we could look at it that way and we could see those pieces. And so definitely, definitely a, a common theme. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, you know, how, like we mentioned in past episodes, like when an episode tends to get more serious, there's always like that balance with Adventure Time that brings in the humor, too. Yeah. So it's like even as you have like the serious stuff happening, there's jokes happening, too, but that they don't detract from it. Like they do like saying like. So an example for me of like how it doesn't work is like, look at the first Doctor Strange movie where you have like the scene where he's crying, but then his cape comes in and wipes the tear away and the audience laughs. It's like, oh, well, that's took away from the seriousness of the, of the moment. Mm-hmm. But s- somehow when Adventure Time does it, it works. Yeah. But with this episode, well, this one did differently from the past episodes that uh, kind of combine sad stuff with humor is there's and those other episodes kind of levity. But in this one, when something funny happens, it makes it sadder because you realize yeah, he's doing it to cheer her up, even though it's going to go badly anyway. Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that because I, I agree. Like the fact that you know he's watching the VHS and they're like, "Oh, this was boring. The book was better." Or the fact that he does the cheers thing, or you know, whatever. Like all of that, it's just sad. It's yep. sad because you're losing this person who clearly has a good heart and wants to protect this child. It's just, it's just really interesting. Yeah. Is there anything you didn't like? What did you? I say? No, I didn't dislike anything of this one. I think it's, I don't know if this one, one, I don't know if this one won an Emmy or not. No, like individual episodes of the show did, but if this didn't, it definitely deserved one. Yeah. So I wrote, I love that they were hanging with Ice King at the beginning. That's not something we see. I also wrote Simon was a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt. Yes. Where was the snail? Snail was next to the car's right side tire. At uh, one point, uh, Simon is standing next to a broke down car. That is red, and you see it hanging out on, like, the bumper. Hmm. I did not see it. That's It's actually really well hidden in this one. Snail watch? 2022. I can't believe it's 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going to say 2021 every time. Uh, I probably said it and don't even realize it. And listeners are like, oh, man, stop it. Uh, you're funny. What's your favorite line? Oh, bread balls. Was that Simon? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a Simon That's line. funny. Oh, uh, mine's also Simon. We're both gross, darling. <laughs> <laughs> That was a charmer. Oh, so good. Do you want to give me an impression of a character? Yeah. Um, vandalism is wrong, Marcy. Okay. <laughs> Mine is the clambulance. Clambulance, clambulance. <laughs> he sounded like uh, Cleveland. They- <laughs> Cleveland Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this man is called? El Terrible. <laughs> what's, the sign- what's the one uh, Cleveland line that I'm good at? I can't remember what it is. I don't remember. (laughs) All right. That's Joe. I'm in Family Guy mode now. This episode has (laughs) tons of triv, so we're going to get to the trivia. Trivia. It's trivia time. This episode was nominated for the 2013 Emmy Award for Category Outstanding Short Animated Program. Oh, there we go. Didn't win, though. I can't. I, I'm actually very surprised. I wonder what did win. I think we we actually uh, last week, you and I looked through the entire. Yeah. Um, short form, short form animated uh, Emmy Awards mm-hmm. winners and nominees over like the entire runtime of Adventure Time. And Adventure Time either won or was nominated for a ton of them. Yeah, it was really cool. So as of May 2016. Simon and Marcy is the highest user-rated episode of Adventure Time on IMDb with a rating of 9.4. It's since gone up to 9.6. The average Adventure Time episode rating is 8.0 by comparison. 
Marcelina is seven years old and Simon is 47 in the flashback in this episode, meaning that their current ages would be 1,003 and 1,043, Ooh. respectively. This would also mean that Marcy was exactly 1,000 years old and Ice King was t- uh, 1,040 at the start of the series. Forgive my clicking. I'm actually going on IMDb right now. If you want to read the next one, um, there's something I want to look up real quick about Adventure Time. Yeah. The dried river that they are walking through shortly before coming across the Clambulance greatly resembled the Los Angeles River. This implies that the city is indeed Los Angeles. That's interesting because I definitely thought that same thing. Yeah, yeah. Simon calls Marceline Gunter with the crown on. Later, towards the end of the flashback, he does it again with the crown off. This is an indication that Simon has fallen deeper into his transformation into the Ice King. The Chinese characters for water and human life appear on a bottle uh, inside the first car that Marcy hides in. This could also be interpreted as a Japanese kanji. Is it can't? No, sorry. Oh, kanji? Kanji. Uh, in addition to this, in the upper right-hand corner of the broken television, the Japanese characters such a, uh, for television can also be found. So um, I was looking it up. It said as of 2016, this was the highest rated episode. At 9.4, was it? Yeah. That was 9.6. The highest rated episode now in 2022 uh, is Come Along With Me, the final episode, at 9.7. Holy At hell. one point, it was a 9.9. That's crazy. Yeah, which was like the highest rated episode I've ever seen of any TV show. That's crazy. So, yeah, it, it deserves it. It's really good. Um, The overcast skies seen through the episode are likely a result of the nuclear winter. Simon has drumsticks in his backpack, hinting that he already knew how to play the drums. Oh, there we go. But that also speaks to your theory that parts of Simon manifest through Ice King. Yeah. So uh, by the clambulance, when Simon looks down to find a radiated creature below the truck, the registration plate of the truck says clam one, the what what state. Hmm. <laughs> a photo of a mushroom cloud can be seen in the mailbox at the beginning of the episode. Oh, cool. The snail in this episode is seen during a flashback. This could mean that the one seen in the surviving is the surviving ancestor to the snail seen in every episode. Wow. <laughs> this, however, could just be an oversight by the producers. I choose that it's an ancestor. Me too. Uh, in the back of the car that Simon puts Marcy in, at the beginning of the episode, there appears to be a magazine with what seems to be a picture of three planes flying. Cool. The numbers 666 appear on the facade of the building near the pickup truck. And in front of this building, there is a fountain in ruins that resembles the Universal Studios Hollywood Globe. Huh. So, like, the fact that, like, stuff like that and the fact that Cheers existed, the, the show Cheers, makes me wonder, like, is this Earth supposed to be the actual Earth that we lived in? Yeah. That we live in? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so there's a bunch of different cultural represent or representation that I want to read us through. Let's do it. Um... So, and I think some of them are pretty neat. So, according to Adam Muto, Mother Gum and its narrative role in the episode was partially inspired by the Fungus King from 1993 live-action film Super Mario oh, Brothers. Oh, that's amazing. The movie. <laughs> we were just talking about video game movies earlier today mm-hmm. and how uh, I have this theory that the best way to make a video game movie is to take a game with minimal story already so you can expand upon it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And somehow they screw that up with the Mario movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the transitions on this day, 996 years ago, and 996 years later, are very similar to the ones used in the zombie film, 28 days later, and its sequel, 28 weeks later. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I.K. sings Where Everybody Knows Your Name, theme song for the television show Cheers. He likewise calls out for Norm, a character of the show show that and reenacts an episode. 
the other thing I thought was really funny about this is, is after singing the theme um, the first time, Simon said, filmed before a live studio audience, a quote commonly used by announcers of live television shows, most notably by Cheers itself. Yeah, yeah. Ted Danson was in Cheers, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always wondered if I'd like Cheers, if I would like Cheers. I yeah. think it was like too old for me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Now I like, you know. Also, Kelsey I didn't see Grammer. Seinfeld until like two years ago. So Kelsey Grammer was in that. Oh, yeah. And he got, he was, um, his character was uh, Frasier in yes. Cheers, who got his own spin. I didn't know Frasier exactly. was a spinoff until also two years and- ago. And. Woody Harrelson. Yep, Woody Harrelson. Yep. And Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. And who plays the mom in Modern Family? The ex-wife of what's his name? Oh no, I can't remember. Diane. That's the character she played in Cheers. She also was in that, and that was a big role. Very cool. And Norm, uh, I don't know the actor's name, but he was uh he, he's in a movie I love called House that's also from the 80s. And mm. The guy that does all of the Pixar voices, the the pig and everything, like pork and all yeah, that, yeah. he was also in that. No way. I got to see Cheers. Yeah. So the red car that Simon puts young Arceline in is a 1971 Nissan Skyline GTR. This does take place in our world. That's crazy. Yes. Hakusak, uh, Hako, I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. A brief shot shows the R badge on the side, and an even bright, briefer shot shows the R badge from the front. It's interesting to know that the car is left-hand drive, whereas the real car is actually right-hand drive. Hmm, because it's not our world after all. <laughs> um, after Simon puts Marcy in the red car, a green CD case with the Cure Boys Don't Cry photo on the front cover can be seen in the middle compartment. The same picture previously appeared in the episode Marceline's oh, Closet. No oh, my gosh. Uh, this time, it's even supported by the word cure on the spine of the CD case. No way. That's amazing. Wow. I used to listen to the cure all the time in high school. Of course I did. So the motorbike, which Simon and Marceline rode, is a 1977 Kawasaki KZ650. Oh, here we go. Simon's reaction upon discovering that they had discovered a clam van instead of a soup van was a reference to Woody Harrelson's formerly of Cheers reaction to finding snowballs instead of Twinkies in the film Zombieland. A lot of Cheers love in this episode. Oh, my gosh. So this episode, as noted by critics, bears similarities to the 2006 dystopian novel and 2009 film The Road. Okay, I thought so. Um, Have you ever seen The Road? No. Okay, I read the book and then saw the movie when it came out. It's a Viggo Mortensen movie. Okay. Um, the novel takes place in a post-apocalyptic America after an unstated event had destroyed civilization and majority of the human race, with many people succumbing to cannibalism. The novel focuses on two main characters, an unnamed father and his son, as they try to stay alive and keep from succumbing to the horrors they encounter. Very disturbing movie, by the way. Simon and Marceline take the roles of the two main characters, with Simon taking the role of the father and Marceline taking the role of the son. The mutants they encounter arguably take on the roles of the cannibals encountered by the pair and the ice crown. Could be a reference to the revolver the pair carry. Interesting. Okay. That is fascinating. I figured this episode has a lot of similarities with a lot of post-apocalyptic stories. Um, I don't remember if this episode came out before or after the game The Last of Us, but I think this is before The Last of Us, but very similar story in that too. Yeah. Um, okay, so one more, um, unless you want to read more. I mean, there's lots. So look up the trivia. It's really fascinating. There's a lot, yeah. Um, so last one, when reaching for a weapon in the pickup truck to fend off the goo monster, Simon grabs a pillow when there was a crowbar right beside it. This could be a reference to censorship of various degrees of violence in cartoons in which weapons are sometimes replaced with comical objects as censors see fit. Presence of the crowbar could have been a possible reference to the Half-Life series. Yeah, I think that's... 
you want to cut it off on trivia there? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, there's there's tons of it. There's so much to read up on this episode. Yeah, yeah. So you had no prediction for this episode because you had already seen it. Yes. Would you like to predict what the next episode's about based on its name? Yes. A glitch is a glitch. Okay. The magic worm returns, and this time it has reinforcements. In this episode, the worm traps Finn and Jake in a video game, and they have to beat the level by destroying the worm once and for all as the big baddie at the end. Not going to lie, that sounds like the best episode ever. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) But maybe that is the episode. I don't know. know. Any last (laughs) thoughts about this before we go to listener feedback? I think this episode's a masterpiece of short form animation and i think it deserved the emmy that it lost yeah (laughs) but um no i think it's phenomenal the writing in it is top-notch animation voice acting especially from uh tom kenny as as simon this one yes um it's a it's a tearjerker for sure yeah what do you think great episode love it want to see more yep so uh matt Mm. we have some listener feedback listener feedback oh yeah um, so first, five-star review. Hey, from Umbreon hey. is my favorite Pokemon. I love Umbreon. Umbreon's great. Every time I read this review, I kept the hey. I, I, for some reason, I always think, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I laugh. I giggle inside every time I read it. I like that. What's your giggle like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the greatest Adventure Time podcast I've ever heard. I might start watching AT again. Thanks to you. And also Jake versus Meemaw is my favorite episode. Oh, and great also favorite episode. Hands you the everything burrito. Edit mac and cheese is my favorite food of all time. I thought I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. You're great. I, I do like Jake versus Meemaw. I thought that was a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, hate mac and cheese so much. He does. We had a whole conversation and like Matt and I were just chatting and talking about favorite foods and we just went and talked about macaroni and cheese and it was just so funny. He's Ugh. just like, oh, just th- my dad also hates macaroni and cheese. And so we bond over that. They do bond over it. And it's really funny. And it's right. The thing again, I think we mentioned in the podcast before how uh, every time I say I don't like mac and cheese, somebody's response is, well, you've never had my mac and cheese. And we just ran into that like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, our brother-in-law. He, he is a fabulous cook, but Matt, Matt, he just like, doesn't like it. Mac and cheese. He just, doesn't like it. I don't want your he mac and cheese. I'm he sorry. doesn't like it. So. I just <laughs> I eat plenty of foods. I'm adventurous with foods. Just please stop trying to get me to eat He, I am accepting of this, and you know what? That's okay. It's all good. The next, oh, uh, before I read the next one, before I forget, uh, we actually just got a fresh five-star review, I think just yesterday or the day before. Fresh off the cake. Fresh off the press. So, I don't know why it's like a villain, but. I don't even know you. And it's um by Pumpkin8511, five-star review. From Apple Podcasts, titled "Only Good Little Boys Get Sausages." Ah! I love that. So they say, "Thank you for posting new episodes. We understand you guys have busy lives. <laughs> I'm sure this is a response to our very inconsistent release schedule lately, and we appreciate the time sacrifice putting this together. This podcast keeps me entertained and improves my mood every morning while I drive 30 minutes to work. I'm excited you guys are getting near the steak saga, my favorite saga. Keep up the good work, guys." Do you think uh, the Fiona and Cake series will actually happen on HBO Max? Well, first of all, thank you for writing in. Thanks for all the input. And of course, we we love recording this podcast. It is. Yeah. We do have busy schedules, but we want to make time for this podcast because we love doing it. It's true. Um, And I think, yes, I do believe the Fiona and Cake series will happen because I, as far as I can tell, the Distant Land series on HBO did really well for them. So I don't see why they wouldn't want to greenlight that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, guys... Fiona Cake, 
in a series? Yes, please. Yeah, I think fans have wanted that for years. For realsies. I think, uh, and like in this day and age of like fans getting what they really want to see, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't see why that wouldn't happen. Totally. Yeah. In a world where a movie like Spider-Man No Way Home exists. Yeah. <laughs> I love Spider-Man No Way Home. Me, me too. I can't wait to own that movie. I know. It's really exciting. Tuesday. 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 We're buying it on Tuesday. Let's do it. We <gasps> Can we go own. back to macaroni and cheese for a second? Okay. I don't <laughs> want to talk about your macaroni and cheese situation. I want to talk about my macaroni and cheese situation. <laughs> go for it. I freaking love macaroni and cheese. I eat macaroni and cheese when Matt is away, but... If I could order that for most sides, I would. I love it. It's so good. Just so be, thank you for calling that out. Just to be clear, I don't say Amy can't have mac and cheese or anything like that. No, I just, no. I don't enjoy being around it. So if you're eating it, the smell really gets, exactly. makes me sick. So I just, I'm in a different room. But I support yeah. you eating and mac I, and cheese. And I totally respect you and want to hang out with you. So that's why I don't eat it around you. Well, thank you, honey. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I know. Do I have any foods that are like that for you? Um, no. Not even pistachios? No, I don't care about that. Oh, yeah. No. Ugh. No, if you're drinking a stinky beer, though, mm, I'm not like a today, fan. Like right now, three <laughs> feet from you? <laughs> anyway. That smells like a skunk. All right. So this podcast has it all. Also, okay, I'm going to say after this, um, by Ronan. Insightful analyses, fun people, and a sense of humor that cracks me up. BTW, thanks Amy and Matt for your response to my voicemail and encouragement with my career. That put a smile on my face. I enjoy how you track Finn's psychological development over time. I feel like uh, this season goes deep into the weird turns of puberty, um, such as in All the Little People. Yes, for reals! But especially Frost and Fire, so I can't wait to hear your takes. Oh, very. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Thank yes. you for, for the review. You're awesome. And we loved playing your voicemail on the show. Totally. And uh, Frost and Fire, I have been, that is the episode this season I'm most excited for you to see. Really? Yep. I love that episode. I'm excited. And, uh, I'm really glad to hear it get some love already, because I that's one that, oddly enough, I've never heard people talk about. Mm. So well, I'm excited. Ronan, you're awesome. We always love hearing from you. Please send us another voicemail anytime. Um, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, right. I had something to say and then I forgot what oh, it was. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, you're good. I've been really excited tonight. I love how excited you are. Also, can I just say, so since we've started this podcast, there's been um, additional um, Adventure Time podcasts that have surfaced. And I'm just excited that people are talking about it. And yeah. this is such a lovely show. So if you're a fan of our show and you started an AT podcast, word on. Like, I just really appreciate that. I just said word on. I don't even know what that yeah. is. But right on. Like, I love this show. I'm glad people are talking about it. More people need to watch Adventure Time. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of like Disney Land's re-sparked um, interest in Adventure Time or something yeah. or not. But I just noticed like a year ago, I looked into it. And as far as I knew then, we, we were, it was like us and maybe one other Adventure Time podcast were still happening. Yeah. And now I looked recently and there are a ton of Adventure Time podcasts. That's really cool. Yep. Very, very neat. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I wish them all luck. I hope that uh, they end up faring as well as we have so far with like the amount of positivity from the community and everything. Yeah, we feel really fortunate. Yeah, yeah. No competition. <laughs> I just I don't want competition. I just want us all to Not be friends. Not at all. No, I just think it's great. And I'm really glad that people are talking about Adventure Time. Absolutely. More of that. So uh, the next five star review is from Love Sonic the Hedgehog. Hey, a name after a name after my own heart. So, hello, you two. I love your podcast so much. My first episode was Freak City. <laughs> and a few years-ish later, I love the show and this podcast. Youth culture forever. So good. Yep, and I love Freak City. 
my name is Gorflex. <laughs> I'm the leader of Freak City. Uh, you rock. Okay. Always yes. love hearing from you. Thank you. Uh, okay, our next one yeah. is an email from James P. Titled, why? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. You don't like dominoes? Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. How is, how? I think, how, comma. It's amazing. <laughs> That's all email. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard when I first read that. Because I was like, we just need to stop talking about things we don't like. Because every single thing is, somebody, is something that somebody else adores. Yes. We don't, okay, so we don't not like dominoes. We just, um. It's the, it's only, the only game thing in town. In town and we're so <laughs> sick of it. We get tired of it. We did have dominoes last night. We did. And it was fine. Um, I like the deep dish, uh, medium pizza, whatever, and we get lots of toppings. It's good. Don't get us wrong. We will eat it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll eat it. It's just lost its... I have no love, love for Domino's anymore. Wow, you're being really harsh, bro. No, no, I, I've lost the taste. It's like when I worked at Subway. Yeah. And eventually I was like, I don't ever want to eat Subway. That's how I feel with Domino's being the only pizza to get in town, aside from that one place. Yeah. Um, and usually I like to, you know, go local, but our, our local pizza place sucks. <laughs> I'm saying I don't like it. I like their lunch special. The lunch special is okay. Yeah. I'll get the lunch special. You can never eat there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, wait. No, no. <laughs> I need something. I need something for my stomach. <laughs> without food, without food, it hurts my innies. Okay. <laughs> the righteous fight for justice. Cole C., I'm an avid listener of this podcast and a proud soldier in the anti-rubric army. Mm. Well, guess I'm not reading your email anymore. <laughs> hey, Cole, we won tonight. Uh, it pains me to see the leader of Team No-No fall from grace. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I send this message in the hopes it may provide some help to his majesty in the righteous fight for justice. <laughs> What if his highness made a new rubric every week, thus negating the value of the rubric in the first place, while simultaneously meeting the beloved's request? I love this. <laughs> all, <laughs> all one would have to do is create an entirely new rubric every week. If this idea should please the king, I would be most humbled. Godspeed. <laughs> P.S. Can you tell I'd friend writing? Anyway, best of luck. P.S. Part 2, my favorite episode is Jake the Brick. It seemed like a tradition to share your favorite episodes, so there you have it, the missing piece of the puzzle. Sent by Cole of the Grasslands. Oh, my god! Oh, man. Cole, so, Cole you was, just made my night. That was so awesome. And also, um, Jake the Brick, also, I love that, like, the tradition of sharing your favorite episode. I would love if everybody who writes in tells us what their favorite episode is. Totes. Because that's, like, one of my favorite things to read in an email. Yes. And also, uh, it may seem like Team No No is losing, but that's all just part of our genius plan, man. Just don't tell anybody, okay? <laughs> I will foil we you. We will rise. I will destroy you. We will rise. Never. <laughs> Cole, you rock. Thank you. All right. The next one is titled Alvin's Hot Juice Box. Alvin's Hot Juice Box by David D. Hi, Matt and or Amy. I want to open up by saying that your podcast is a joy to listen to. Your unrelenting, insistent positivity is something my ADHD brain doesn't allow myself enough of. And with the world, gestures vaguely at the world, it's a nice break from things. I love that. I got a nice mental image there. I was incredibly surprised that neither Matt nor the trivia for the episode Mystery Dungeon didn't compare the plot to Canadian cult classic horror movie uh, franchise Cube, which I, after you said that, I was like, oh, my mind is blown. I can't believe I didn't think of that because I love Cube. 
which leads me to believe that perhaps Matt hasn't seen it yet. I have. I saw it for the first time when I was like 13. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it got mis misfiled in his brain stuffs. I don't know. Something to think about. Thanks for all your hard work. Having been diagnosed with both ADHD and brain damage, non-serious motor control balance issues, literal days before the world ended, COVID prime, I'm continuously impressed that Matt can wrangle his brain to editing not one, but two different podcasts on a, I'm happy to call it, consistent <laughs> basis. <laughs> Maybe with an asterisk. <laughs> Thank you for the asterisk. <laughs> I was going to send a clip of my son doing a lemon grab impression, but he seemed to have lost it. I appreciate the work that you put into this project and do not feel bad about needing to put it on pause if you need to. Have a, have the day you deserve, not the one your self-defeating thoughts think you deserve. Dave, definitely not a sentient mustache. Aww. I loved every second of that. That so, was great. Thank Dave, you, Dave. I totally understand where you're coming from. I was also diagnosed with ADHD a couple of years ago. Amy was a huge support in helping me finish off school right <laughs> with my undying ability to get distracted. So, um... Yeah, it's ADHD life can be hard when every single time you try to focus on something, you're like, what's this over here? <laughs> um, So, yeah, you rock. I totally relate with you. If you find that lemon grab impression, please send it because yes. I'd love to hear it. And yes. thank you for being so forgiving of our inconsistent schedule. And really, like at this point, it's like I'm editing like one and a half podcasts. This one's like the main podcast. The other one has no really schedule whatsoever. I just record occasionally when i feel like it for that one which yeah. is modern horror show a horror movie podcast <laughs> but uh shameless plug. shameless plug but yeah you're great uh that's the best message we've ever gotten from a sentient mustache <laughs> <laughs> thank you dave hey guess what what we made it through another episode of oh my glob and adventure time podcast yeah. oh it's another long one too yep if you our lovely listeners want to call and leave a voicemail we'll play it on the air at 216 260-GLOB or 216-260-4562. You can reach us on the... Matt's making a funny face. Oh, this drink is disgusting. (laughs) You can reach us on the socials, Insta, Twitter, or Facebook at OhMyGlobPodcast or email us at OhMyGlobPodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to, you can go on to anchor.fm and leave a recording for us under the Podcast profile. Yeah. Yeah. With that said, I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.